Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right. Welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably other things, too, with people who love it. I am your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. The future is off this episode because I am recording this on location from Oklahoma City. Uh, So I want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers. Please continue to help us out by rating us, reviewing us, subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean, wherever you can find us. Uh, It really helps us when we get uh, a nice review. You know, I mean, if you have to give us a bad review, then I guess, you know, one one of these days we'll get one. But uh, give us a good review, man. Come on. Um, Also, we can be found on social media. All the social media is at Talk Like Normal or at Talking Like Normal. Um, All right. So I'm going to move on. I got uh, I got a bunch of postcards coming in and I have chosen for this week's. Uh, a woman that I am very familiar with. Her name is Kristen Samuelson. It's a nice picture of her on her postcard. She is SAG-AFTRA. She has her phone number on there and her website, Kristen with a K, Samuelson.com. And then she tells me, hey, Ryan, I just wanted to keep up with you. Recently, I did a spot for Comedy Central as a newscaster. Maybe you've seen it online. I haven't. Uh, It's for their Alexa app. Also, we've just wrapped all 10 episodes. I'm in eight of them. That's nice. Of The Switch, a new comedy series for the Fashion One channel. I have a recurring role as an Anna Wintour type, naturally. And I had a great time. First episode airs June 11th with a smiley face after it. Hope you are finding a little leisure time this time of year. Although I live in New York City now, I'm happy to be a local hire in NOLA with fruition talent. Cheers, Kristen. I'm not going to throw it because, you know, I'm a guest where I'm uh, recording this today. All right. So there you go. Kristen Samuelson, shout out. Actor tip of the week. All right, actors, if you're going to, if you get an audition and you need more time with the material, it's just not calling out to you right away. If there is more time for us to give you, we certainly will. So, you know, just ask your agent, ask me if you're, if you actually come to the audition and you need to go out in the lobby and look it over a little more, I am more than willing to give you more time. If, uh, you know, I've had actors come in, do an audition, and I'm not saying that you should always do this but i've had actors send me a tape after the fact after they've auditioned for me and sometimes it helps you know sometimes it's exactly the same but uh you know i want it to be good and i want it to be the best that you can give me right um today's guest is being really quiet (laughs) um so today's guest is a casting director based in Oklahoma City. She is the top CD in the area and owns and operates Actors Casting and Talent Services, a full-service casting facility and educational outlet for local actors. She is the real deal. She has the knowledge to work on all formats in casting. Between her casting schedule, acting classes, private coaching, theater rehearsals, and this week's summer camp for actors, 
I'm not sure when she uh, has time to sleep, so please welcome Michelle DeLong. Oh, thank you so much. What a great introduction. Uh, and, and as for sleeping, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, thanks for having me here. I love this place. We have wanted to have you back. You're one of our favorites, and I'll tell you why. why? We do a little camp where we bring in casting directors uh, because Oklahoma City is not thought of as a, a, a bastion or a location where Stop people it. would find tons of actors. Stop it. So we had to educate. We had to tell you. We had to find you. So we started bringing you to us and to say, see, our actors are trained. And they are. Because and they come to your facility, which is pretty amazing. You have this amazing school here. You're very nice. Uh, and, and, and I'm responsible for some of it. But you know what? We've got other trainers here. And we're only three hours from Dallas. And a lot of our actors go down and train in Dallas, too. But the great thing is we have trained actors here. So to, to tell people about that, I started bringing in regional casting directors such as yourself to say, look, we're good. And I feel like it was a big game changer. We started it about maybe eight or nine years ago. And uh, and it really woke up. Uh, I had a casting, the lovely casting director, Beth Sepko. I don't think she'd be mad for me outing her. But she literally showed up and said, y'all, I'm a casting director. She's from Texas, Austin, Texas, based in wonderful Emmy Award winning, great. One of my other favorites. And she says... I'm a casting director, but I don't know anything about geography. I don't know how far I thought you guys were, but you are so much closer than I ever thought. <laughs> so that was really cool and um, to find out. And she, uh, it changed. I mean, they started. Is that your Beth Sepko impersonation? No, it's it's a little better than that. But I, I don't want to I don't want to verge on mocking. But she, I loved her, y'all. Do you I'm, really think Beth Sepko is listening to this podcast? Uh, if she's not, she better be. Don't think I'm not going to send this out to everybody and say, hey, you heard that, Beth. You better mm -hmm. start listening. But she was so kind, and it really changed. I mean, people like yourself started saying, okay, well, I'm going to be sure and look at some of those Oklahoma markets. You've been great, and I say this to everyone: you more than any other casting director, not blowing, uh, uh, bidding thing up your skirt were you wearing I, one? I am well oh I, I wasn't it. gonna tell everyone but, <laughs> I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway not uh, not blowing any smoke up your skirt or anything else uh the thing is that uh you remember actors and when you're here you remember them and you've actually come back to me and said hey i have a role that would be good for so-and-so to read for not sure who their agent is can you forward me to them yeah or get them to call me and oh yeah i got the i feel like i have the hotline with you it could be like uh, hey, what's the skinny on so-and-so? But I love that. I love that. You've been responsible for booking seven or eight people out of here. You were the conduit that made it happen, yeah. and it's because you remembered them. And, and they're uh, usually pretty good roles. They right? have been. They, yeah. You've had some series regulars, and uh, more than any of the other casting directors that have come here, you've really... And it may just be that the others weren't the right roles for the right people. They Several of the other casting directors bring in Oklahoma people now. But you, I think you also have a really good eye for if you're going to reach out further it's because you know it's worth reaching out yeah at least i have that sense of you yeah 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 for sure i mean i'm pretty selective when i when i reach out of my area because i know it could potentially cost a bit more right you right. know all right we're going to get back to all this so i want to i want to try and stick a little bit to our normal format and i want you to start from the beginning who are you where'd you come from how'd you get involved in all this I'm sure there's a good story there. I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version, but I am from Kansas originally. And Kansas, they say, is the name of the star. So I'm from Kansas. Uh, Wichita grew up around there. I was a Derby child. I was in Derby, Kansas, which is a bedroom community outside of um, 
of Wichita. Uh, both my parents worked at Boeing, and uh, and it was uh, you know a great place to grow up. I attended a couple of years of Wichita State University on uh, scholarship for theater, um, but it was the time I'm going to date myself. But it was at a time when uh, Giuliani hadn't really cleaned up. Uh, New York yet and New York was still kind of a scary place to go to and in terms of theater it was pretty much musicals or the plays they were bringing over from the UK so uh, and I uh, suffered horribly from uh, I was I was a wheezy asthmatic kid which we later found out had a lot to do with uh, smoking once smoking was kind of out of places I breathed just better. being around the yeah, smoke. yeah it was it was just I just was always asthmatic so the result was a musical theater career wasn't really I had dance I had music I had to voice and all that, but boy, I didn't have any uh, sustaining power. I knew I'd be a sickie and there's no way I could do eight shows a week. So halfway in the middle, I went, I'm never going to make money at this. And ironically, uh, I'm not going to teach this. And so, ah, um, <laughs> uh, oh, youth. And so I switched to a mass comm uh, major. And then sort of um, my, my father uh, was ill uh, during my college years and, and uh, sadly passed away, but it, it resulted in me sort of changing when I was going to school. So I cobbled together, I ended up cobbling together a degree, but with a lot of mass comm stuff, I continued to beg, grovel, and um, try to get in and see, to do all the directorial classes and the artist in residence in the theater programs and made enough muffin baskets that I was able to do that with some of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, but so as a result, I ended up learning how to uh, to edit video, edit audio, uh, you know, shoot it. Although I couldn't tell you a thing about the camera, but I can I can still edit and record audio uh, pretty well. But the um, but the great thing was, I also got a little bit of uh, ended up taking you know some statistics classes, which I thought I was going to die, but I liked. And uh, as a result, coming out of there, I ended up working in uh, advertising uh, for a stereo company uh, that did their own in-house advertising. So coming out of college, I was, and I ended up being, uh, my background is I did a lot of on-camera stuff when I was a skinny mini, but I did a ton of voiceover work back when there was a ton of voiceover work to be had. Well, you have that nice voice. Yeah, thanks. It's a little shot now, but in the day. Uh, and so I ended up doing um, lots of voiceover work, which then sort of led me into uh, a lot of the work that I got was because I did voice for him, and then we'd start talking, and again, you're right, again, okay. So anyway, I, I worked for an in-house advertising person, then ended up leveraging that to selling advertising, because someone met me from there and said, and you can make a lot of money selling advertising, so I sold radio advertising, billboard advertising, television advertising, and then... Uh, once I met my husband, who was a Second City trained comedian, and we got married, we were both incredibly creative, and he was a great voiceover talent as well, and a great on-camera talent, kind of a big John Goodman type. So, like, what time period is this? Not to... uh, uh, mid, uh, Mid-late 80s. Mid-late 80s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess I and met how, him like 86. Yeah. How did you... How, so you, you did, and then did I moved you, down here. How did you get from whatever to college did you do theater before that like community theater anything you know, as a kid not a ton of community theater where i was at uh it was but i fell in love with um uh in junior high we had junior high then and i had gone to see a production of um 
uh, Anne of a Thousand Days at the high school. You, they, they took the junior high kids over to see the high. And, and of course, I'd grown up watching the Tonys, the Oscars, uh, the Ed Sullivan Show, Carol Burnett. I mean, I was a huge variety show. My, that was big in my family, and we watched all those. So I already loved that. My, I always went to see the big musicals that came through. And Wichita has a great theater uh, community, really stronger than Oklahoma. Um, and um, so it was funded by a lot of but Boeing funded a lot of that the arts there so uh i'd seen a lot of theater there but when i saw high school kids doing Anne of a thousand days i was um i was smitten and then uh, i just started reading every play i could get my hand on uh i think the first play i read was uh, who's afraid of virginia wolf and i went and this is what i will be doing now and i'd love musical theater growing up but that was the switch for me that's when i wanted to act act so how do you how did you get your scholarship to college and the stuff that I actually loathe, which is um, high school competitions, uh, because I don't like the, uh, the you know, uh, like forensics spe- or speech and whatever they call them. We called it forensics, but whatever, speech tournaments, drama tournaments, whatever they're called. What I loathe about them is those weird interp things. Yeah, where one person stands on one side of the room and the other person stands on the no, other I side of the room. No, I mean like the, where it's like dramatic interp or humorous interp, but they're but it's, you can't act. It's like weirdly stylized. You can't act. You can't move above this. You can't do this. It's like I don't know what it I've is. I've been around. So I've actually judged a couple of those. Yeah, uh, back in the day, I used to too. Uh, high school tournaments, uh, Robert. That was his thing in high school. I think that's how he got to the theater. Um, by competing and that's I mean that's good a lot of kids that opens the door for them it is what I don't like are some of those competitions for for, as me as an actor and as me as a coach I sometimes get kids who go do some of those things and they'll come back to me and I'm like what is happening because now they're overdoing or they're just weird things happen bad habits but they do have yes they do have a dramatic uh, duet which is just you're doing a scene cutting and they do have humorous duet and I was like and I was I, I mean I went to nationals and debate I was a really good debater but then when the other half of the scenes would roll around my coach would go come on come on come on you got to play on all levels and I'd go mm, and I was kind of a brat <laughs> but I just said okay I'll do it if I can do because I did leads in all my plays you know and I had been Annie Sullivan in uh, Miracle Worker and so I said alright let's do a cutting of that and I'll do mm, you know because I was pretty cool diva you know? I love I was, <laughs> and uh, so anyway I so I did that, and I had tons of scholarship offers because I had several people who had seen me and uh, said, this girl really good. And uh, and I did the di- – I was always really good with dialects. And my all my family is like McCorder, Bell, Dodson, Dudman. We're all – British, Scottish, you know, Irish, so I knew all that. And grandparents came over in the boat, so it was one of those where, yeah. Anyway, uh, did very well, and that's where I got the scholarship. But two years in, I went, I'm not going to make any money at this. I got to, and it was the 80s, you had to have money then. Yeah. yeah. So you meet your husband. I moved down here because the, the stereo store that I did advertising for that doesn't exist anymore, uh, I moved down here to work with them. Did that for about six months because uh, I, re- I liked them up there, but I didn't like them down here. And then um, I moved to uh, selling advertising. But I met my husband. He was doing improv. Uh, and I knew that when I got here, I sort of discovered that I'd had a much better arts education than what was apparently available down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was just the time. Um, they hadn't really 
those programs weren't at their strongest point there. Now they are very, but maybe not so much then. And I felt like, uh, but when I saw him, I went, ah, you and I have had very similar training. I, that's my first words to him were, hi, you're probably going to work with me because I think we both had really equal level training. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Who was that person? And then you got married. We did. Yeah, we did. And uh, but we had, So then we ended up doing advertising together because we were both doing, and what happened is people knew we did this improv thing. We had a little improv company that toured around in the early 90s. And to all the clubs here and so they can can you guys write stuff and yeah yeah so we kind of ghost write for some of the agencies and come up with characters and then he ended up going to work for a local advertising agency because he was doing all their voice stuff for him then he started writing for him and then in the mid-90s we formed our own uh ad agency and started doing a creative service agency Nice. We bought media for a while and and then the first time i got stiffed for about 10 grand from somebody who didn't pay their bill i went I don't need to buy media anymore. <laughs> Just because I can don't mean I need to. So, yeah. Wow. That's a whole, you know, side of things that I'm not I'm not so familiar with. I mean, you have that whole uh, thing in your background. And do you, uh, these days, do you cast a lot of commercials? You know, I did. And that was really, that's really how my casting business started is as we had this production company, because we were freelance, we get hired a lot by big in-house corporations who needed our creative power, but they had all the rest of the folks that did the, could buy the media and could, do, you know, uh, do the other stuff that they wanted us for the creative ideas. Fleming Foods was a big uh, Whole Foods distributor to all the grocers all over the country. And they wanted us to do this big 18-part uh, series of how to stock shelves, how to deal with refrigerators. and the, I mean, it was just like how to work in a grocery store because they discovered that a lot of that workforce many times were not uh, great readers. And so they'd give them the employment manual. And so they were starting to go to those sort of interactive videos like we all used to take our... Um, driver's licenses on, those weird clunky things before we went to standard computers. So we would create the videos for those and they were all sort of, they were so fun because it was, because you do the right way and the wrong way, uh-huh. you know, and so pick which one you think applies, that kind of a thing. Okay. They were so fun to make the sexual harassment work video in the workplace video could not have been more fun. <laughs> all the don't do these things were so fun to shoot. That's awesome. Yeah, but anyway, for this series, uh, the people who put that stuff, wrote the code and put that stuff in the machine and sort to produce these things were up in New Jersey. And so they said, well, we're not, and I said, oh, great, well, I can cast all the actors from down here because I was also very active in community theater. I wrote for the newspaper. I did the, um, our Oklahoma Gazette. I was the, six years, I was a columnist for theater there, did sort of a reviewer and a promoter of theater. And so uh, I knew all the actors here. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get all the actors for you. He said, well, honey, we're going to need you to cast them and see them on, we'll need to see the videos here to approve them. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> so I kind of started self-teaching, you know, casting for my own projects. So you, you taught yourself how to do this. I did. I figured out what I needed, what they needed. and uh, How did you present those videos to them? At like what time, what, what year was they, this? They were on a VHS. They were on a VHS. VHS. And Boy. then, now, I think that's right. They Or CD. They could have been CD. Okay. And you'd have to overnight them. Yeah. Yep. FedEx overnight. Yeah. Yep. FedEx is right down the way, man. I knew I knew exactly when they closed. They saw me at, you know, 7.58 How PM. long would it take for them to get back to you? 
when the process was like that, oh, when you man. had to tape the ad, do a whole casting day or two or three or whatever, mm-hmm. then you probably had to do a bunch of editing of your videos. No, no, no. I just learned how to, uh, to I, I, I am, a, I just learned how to give directions. That was the deals. So I learned how to say, need it like this. And, but uh, you would record, you would, would you make a copy of the video in case it got lost in the mail? No, no. Nope. Old school, baby. Ooh. Wow. How about that? So then, okay. So then, you FedEx off this VHS or CD, and then what do they do? And then they'd watch it and they'd call me back and they'd say, "Here's who we want." Maybe in a day, maybe two days, not much. Well, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, so you kind of taught yourself how to deal with the negotiating with. Well, there probably weren't any agents, were there? Yes, there were. There, were, there was a modeling agent that was just starting to add sort of a broadcast division, and I ended up sort of holding hands there and teaching them, you know, a lot of how to do that. And uh, and then um, uh, so that that kind of started happening. And then somewhere along in there, and to be honest, I don't remember which came first, the chicken or the egg. I got mad because um, we did a lot of work for one of the big ad agencies here, both as talent work and we'd done some ghostwriting, and they'd done a big campaign for one of our local utility companies, and it had all Dallas actors. I knew they were Dallas actors because we had friends in the Dallas acting community, and we'd go down and see them in plays. And I knew several of the creative people there. and I had that lovely, because I was active in our ad club, so I knew the writers, the producers, the media, I knew them all, because I'd worked with all of them. So I was like, well, no Dallas actors in our local community uh, ad, and because we have actors here that could have done any of that. Well, there's no way to cast them. I mean, we've got talent, we've got modeling talent agencies, but we, we don't want to hold a casting here. Hmm. Okay. So the first thing I did is I taught the local modeling agency how to hold castings because I wasn't really ready to do that. We were pretty busy with our own business. Right. And so I kind of started with that. But then when the first, when Twister came through here and some of those films came through here, having an agent that also does casting gets weird with the unions, etc. Sure. So uh, one thing led to another and then I ended up sort of just creating a cast. And also a lot of my producer pals who I did voiceover work for were calling and go, hey, Michelle, uh, I know you know a little bit about some of the actors around here. I'm doing a thing. Could you recommend a couple people or could you? And, right. I, and I started doing a lot of that. Yeah. Could you give me his numbers? I get a lot of that. I, You know, it, it's they don't realize that we have a, a business <laughs> and, you know, us recommending like, I mean, okay, yes, we are good at our job and we can think of actors, but it does take time to, you know, it's not like, oh, I need someone who's this, 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 and that, and it just pops right into our heads. We have to, like, filter, you know, do a couple of searches. There's some, there's a little work involved with just recommending a few people. And, and- it's the syntax issue. They say, we need a guy, thug is, is to me the word that I use in film business, but, you know, they just go, you know, we need a, we need a, an all-American, jo- listen, all-American guy is 20 different guys to 20 different people. So that was for me, you'd recommend somebody, go, oh yeah, I see what you thought there, but no, not that that all-American guy, different all-American guy. So that's the reason you want to do casting, just so that we can all purify our visions, sure. <laughs> distill our visions. Sure. Yeah. And then so so the commercial uh, media casting kind of leads you into doing films? 
yes, kind of. We didn't have a ton of it. Right. And uh, and what really what really happened from this is the, here's the beer. Here's the beer that happens is so you know we did this uh, you know commercial production business and then uh, for about I don't know 15 17 years maybe I guess one awards yay we do this I started doing casting predominantly commercially uh, and a little bit of uh, untold stories of the of the highway patrol those reality series that we're in they'd come through here from time to time do like so reenactments got, yeah we got to do some reenactment that was AFTRA based at that time so I kind of and I knew SAG stuff heavily from the commercial side so I was I was SAG and AFTRA savvy for any commercial and or reenactment TV shows then uh, along the way, while I was helping this modeling agency become sort of acting uh, based, uh, I there was a, a Texas manager. They used to hold Expo and still, I think, do down in Dallas where they all these actors come and then managers and agents come and decide if they want to represent them or manage them. And there was a woman down there who found three kids from Oklahoma. But she said, they're very stagey. I need someone to bring them down. And their little agent, local agent here said, oh, I have just the woman because she works in both mediums, blah, 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 blah. Have these kids. I am not teaching kids. I am not teaching kids. I'm not doing anything with kids. This is you? Me. I didn't do any theater ed classes. It's not (laughs) happening. I'm not going to. So kicking and screaming, she she won't take no for an answer. And so finally I go, all right. And I go, here's the deal. I'm not babysitting them if they show up without their lines learned. I'm not, blah, blah, blah. okay. So I end up coaching these kids. Ryan Merriman was one of them who has a lovely career now and uh, has, uh, you know, came back. It's been nice because I've been able to cast him and stuff now, but I mean, that's lovely. Uh, and so, but I worked with these three kids where I got to know, because this is back when casting directors did not, my friend, want to see anybody on tape. And this was VHS days. This is late 80s. And so what ended up happening is I worked with Coast to Coast Talent Group, and they had an agent there who's now a manager, but he would call me, and sometimes he'd actually put me on the phone with the casting director, per their request, usually not his, to say, here's what I need you to do, here's what. So I started learning that some of those casting directors wanted them coached. Some of them wanted them raw, no coaching. Some of them wanted it line perfect. Some of them didn't care. You know, all those things that we now know, you know. And these are kids auditioning for things that are in L.A.? Yeah, they all have L.A. They have L.A. agents now, and then they've got a Texas manager. And so I start coaching. And so I have several people come to me and go, can you, can you teach your coach? My kid? No, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. But my husband passed away. And oh, no. very unexpectedly, it was a sweet, went to bed, didn't get up. Uh, it was very surprised. He had a, a congenital heart. So he went the way we all want to go. You just go to sleep and don't know. Uh, so it was very sweet. But I thought, okay. So I can probably continue doing the advertising thing and did for quite a while. I was able to do that. I was able to still, we had a little theater that I managed at the time that we also did. I was able to do that. And, uh, but boy, I needed something to fill those evening hours just to not go, whoo. So I thought, I'll open an acting academy because all these people have been wanting me to. So 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 you did it. And about three years into it, I had all these incredibly well-trained kids. A lot of stay-at-home moms going, well, you kind of know about some of that L.A. stuff. Could we 
could we go out there? Could you go out there? Could you be our manager out She's there? She's making hand gestures, everyone, <laughs> like going back and forth between go out there? Los Angeles and Oklahoma City. And so I was like, I mean, I kind of know the business, but uh, so the really good news is that the agent that I worked with so closely at Coast to Coast, uh, a dear, sweet man, David Eisenberg, who I really love and adore. Shout out. Shout out big. He's made the careers for many of our little Oklahoma kids. Awesome. And I couldn't love him. Is, is he so, from here? Not at all. No, he's, no? he's an LA, a New York guy and then maybe a New but Jersey not, guy. But didn't like grow up? He grew up in New Jersey. I okay. met him from, he was the, the agent for these kids. That's amazing. He's so lovely and so dear. And not everybody in that business is, but he is. And I love it when... Uh, when someone on sort of a higher playing ground recognizes that there are people in other markets and they are proactive to reach out and you know like it, no I, that's it i've just seen like some good things happen when that happens but when it's like them versus us it's just not it's not great. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not fun. It's one of the reasons I've yeah. dodged some films is I can sort of sense a vibe and go, let me give you the number for the other guy because uh, I'm, we're, I'm, there's an attitude that I can feel that's a little disparaging and I have so much going on. I, I really don't need your work. You know, I'm, I'm very careful. I don't say that to them. I, I say something much more respectful, but right. Um, I respectfully decline. I just, I don't <laughs> feel like I can really service you correctly at this time and I would not want you to be disappointed I've got the whole speech so uh, I don't want to give it away we're going to close this uh, we're going to close this podcast out with that speech (laughs) but you know what I mean that's the thing but no he was so great now the other thing that's really great about both David his management firm now and then Coast is they understood that um, kids from all over the United States were better if they, and not all agents work like this, were better if they got a chance to go back home and play on the, the team and dance and then sure. dance thing and go back and be kids because they turn into such little grown ups. Yeah, like business, little and, business persons. Yeah, yeah. You'll have a nine year old saying, man, if this series doesn't get picked up, my family's going to be, you know, tough. Oh, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Well, our episode, well, it will have aired before this one airs. Um, I have Madison Wolf. Uh, yes. on and I, one of the one of the greatest things that I asked her about going to school and if she was going to get the high school proficiency mm-hmm. and she said she was but only because she's losing losing roles to real 18 year olds that can play younger but she's still going to go to high school. She's going to get her yeah. her degree, but she's still going to go to her high school. I love that. No, which is what yeah. most of my kids do. I know Katie Holmes did that. I, I know most of my kids do that. And, and not every agency will let them do that. But Coast to Coast has been lovely about it. And then this manager was very... And, and it takes two, and it takes people calling those casting directors. They, did you see my client's tape? I want to make sure it looks... I mean, you've got to follow up. Sure. It's the only way to make that system work. I just feel like... Maybe times have changed somewhat. Oh yes, just back because then. of the because of the technology, Absolutely. you know. Like, but really, just in the it, last two years, it's crazy. And some of those LA folks were kicking and screaming to let go of the "you got to be here live." I've always done tapes, obviously, because we're in this market and kind of have to. Um, but I, I kicked and screamed a little bit, you know. It's mm. just there's something about the process of bringing actors in. It's lovely seeing, to have them yeah. in the room. Um, but like, I feel really confident if I, if someone is taping with you, you know, if they come to you and they're taping, I always recognize your yellow wall and your voice in your videos from the actors up here that send me tapes. It's kind of nice. 
That's very nice of you to say. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I've been yelled at by the best. I mean, I had some of, and I didn't know the education I was getting, but some of those casting directors who either gave written notes or verbally talked to me or talked through the manager. I mean, that's where I really, that's why I wanted to veer off and say, I, a lot of my more higher level casting coaching came from Ellen Chenoweth, Janet Hershenson. I mean, these amazing people back in the 80s and 90s who were casting television who were saying, tell her that I need this or let me talk to her. And yeah. I didn't even realize what I was getting at that time. Yeah. You're, you were essentially I casting yet. Yeah. You were essentially running sessions for them. I was. You know, and getting notes from them. I, I, uh, back in my Shreveport days, I, I've said part of this on previous podcasts. There was often times where the LA casting and my casting side of it, we never, we never talked right. at all. Um, but it was always nice when the LA casting director and we we communicate all the time now uh, would get on the phone with me and just you know of course my uh, personality is that of course I'm gonna do everything perfect you know like why would this person be telling me how to do this I know how to tape an actor you know but it is it is nice to get that perspective especially since I never worked in an LA office or a New York office. You well, know? and if they've worked with that director before, I know I've had L.A. casting directors sort of whisper in my ear, let me just tell you this, he, he second guesses a lot, but he trusts me. If there's anyone that you are really favoring, tell me and I'll tell him. And so, I mean, I've had people do that and you just want to go rock on because it's an artistic process and we all have to learn each other's little schisms. Sure. <laughs> so when, when you are doing a project here in Oklahoma, do you get to do lots of callbacks and that sort of thing? Or is it mostly book they book from tapes? Um, I, it depends on what it is. There's, there's certainly, we can fill a whole lot of slots with our talent pool here. But then there's those little slots that are special that we've, that we've got to go further. Where do you pull from? Um, I usually post it to breakdown. You know, it, it, if it's one where we're really trying to keep it close... Uh, then I, I will almost always start with uh, let's go Texas, let's go uh, Arkansas and or, uh, you know, Wichita are still pretty close. And, and I start with that pool if I can just to sort of keep it within that 500 mile. Um, sure. You know, does Oklahoma have a tax incentive program? Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. It's, sm it's a small quantity. It's five million, but it's a really well run program and they've done a great thing. Uh, it's evolved beautifully. They kind of started out thinking we'll take this five million and we'll divide it between two or three bigger sized projects. And then someone got smart. I don't know who they were, but I want to pat them on the back now. Shout out whoever you are and thought, what if we just gave, uh, you know, half a mil to 10 projects sure, and, uh, and or some quantity therein. Yeah, a percentage. And then they started adding our local, you know, folks who were doing, you know, 150,000 to 300,000. And they started giving them some dough. And that's too. how you grow the, uh, the film community. It, Keep totally. it local. It has yeah. made a huge difference. I mean, everything's changed in the last two or three years. Yeah. Since that. That, that's one of the things that they've implemented into the Louisiana tax credit is mm -hmm. a local, um, local director, local production. You get, you know, you can get your incentives based on a lower, um, 
a budget amount. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're doing that now here too. So you don't have to have a three hundred thousand dollar budget. I think you can have like a fifty thousand dollar budget. Yes, and I, get, I, I think that may I think that may be ours as well. But I might be talking out of the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, I may be as well. But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you definitely are a mentor to a lot of actors. That's clear. We've we've established yeah, yeah. that. Um, how? How deep is your involvement in nurturing the local talent pool? Like, are, are you kind of the the go to around here? Are there other places? Or no, uh, the Actor Factory's down in uh, Norman, and he's also a casting director. Chris worked for me back uh, when he first got started. I actually sort of he was he was also in the community theater world. And Norman's pretty close to here. Thirty miles. Thirty yeah. miles. I've, 30 I've miles. actually been there. Yeah. I've been to his actor casting place or his little actor factory place. Actor yeah. factory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a nice little shout nice out setup. actor factory. I know he does a nice job, and he's he's a great fellow. And he was doing community theater, and I said, "Come and find out what it's like to get paid for stuff." Because he was frustrated in the community theater. Well, I think we both got frustrated by the same thing: is that we were growing our little community theaters, trying to get them to be guest equity and then equity, and then those boards said, well, "Well, the actors work for free. Why do we need to get them?" Any money and we both hit that same wall i said come over with me we're going to do the screen thing where actors actually get paid well, and so that was when he kind of started he he started working in it and uh he, he's a super quick learner and he was off to the races on his own yeah what is the general lifespan of an actor around here are there lifers or do you see people uh be lifers but move on uh, after a certain amount of time, or um, is it not? I feel like cut that's, a, that's a that it's probably a varied question. In the community theater, we certainly have lovely people that are still in their late eighties and nineties. We've got a couple of almost ninety-year-old actors that I still bring in and are awesome, and I've known them from their community theater world. Um, I one thing that we're seeing a lot now is some, and I'm sure this happens in your market too, as you get those twenty. Well, maybe not with you because you're so busy, but um, but you know we get the twenty-somethings who go. I better go to LA. I better go to Atlanta. Right. I better go to, and so we'll we'll develop and we'll cultivate and we'll get them. Ooh, and then because they want to go see what happens if they go to a bigger market. Sure. But uh, but and then sometimes we get them back. You know, in their thirties and forties, or they'll come back to at least the region. Uh, but no, I, we've got plenty of community theater folks that are old. Do you find those people that come back? Do they? remain actors are they oh usually yeah they'll come back with 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 some experience but um um yeah i i, I guess there's been the occasional embittered one but usually you get, <laughs> usually you get people who come back because they realize there's more happening here that they can get their you know yeah uh, fingers in the pie of than they could out there yeah so um what's your what's the school like what what's the class opportunity like here like how does one get involved in, in uh, well uh, that's a good question all right so I'm gonna, let me go back and finish the other one just a little bit okay. so chris uh, chris's academy is course based uh, so he'll do the the six or eight session of beginning acting and then six or eight sessions of advanced acting and he's a teacher and he's he pulls from the university because uh, norman happens to be where ou is so he pulls he has a few teachers there who are also uh, at ou and so he'll do courses and then some workshoppy things like i do as well uh and then a couple of summer campy things i uh, up until just january had this uh, three age group classes that was like a, an actor gym, if you will. Uh, if you were a kid, you came on Fridays from five to seven. If you were an adult, you came on uh, Thursdays from six to nine. And if you were a tween uh, teen, you came on Tuesdays. And 
it was like a gym. You could drop in and attend as frequently as you were able. Uh, and we were here when you needed us. I had people that came every week like clockwork. I had people that we'd see for uh, off season when they weren't playing a sport, you know. So, okay. and they sort of do that. I start, I, I ended up taking, I the films that I usually will work on now, Ryan, I, I work with LA people occasionally, but what I've really become is I want to help the filmmakers from here that are growing their product. Sure. And so those are the guys that I always say yes to. And then if the LA people call, boy, unless it's just got something that I'll usually say I'm busy with the local guys. So I had three local guys that were doing stuff. Well, two local guys and one guy, not local. And I ended up with three films that were supposed to be sort of, I'm sure this happens to you, that were cleanly divided with three weeks between them. And then they all mushed together. And that started <laughs> happening in December. And I went, There's, I got to take 14 hours of classes off my plate. Yeah. And then the other thing that started happening is my classes started getting smaller because more and more people wanted privates with me. They wanted private coaching because they can get classes down at Chris's, but they want, they all knew I was, I mean, I've put people on tape that have gone straight to television series leads from my tape or gone straight to screen tests. I know how to do a tape. I know how to coach a moment. You know, I just do. Yeah. And um, no brag, just fact. I, I've got the background both as a stage director and as a, that's the other thing, I'm directing on stage. So um, because of that, people started saying, no, you got to get in a private shoot. So... I've got 37 people trying to get in with private oh for me God. right now. And I finally just said, J July 1, it's all opening up. So How I'm often? switching to all privates, like a little music teacher or like a little piano teacher. I'm going to go to all privates and then workshops and showcases. How often do the actors do privates? I have some people that come weekly. I have some people that come every other week. I have people from out of town that come in twice a week. I work on weekends. And then the other kinds of privates I do are my audition coachings. I, while I offer it, most people don't call me to just be taped. Jessica can take them in our second room. But if they, most of them call me because they want to be coached. Because they're like, I don't know what to do for my movements here. I don't know. So I I coach tapes. So, and I, I have people, like a couple of them that you call pretty regularly. They usually don't do classes, but they get enough auditions that they end up coach taping with me once a month. And it's like a private session. Okay. And we take about an hour you know, an hour, maybe hour and a half, because we we really work it. They come in prepped, and but we'll still work it, and yeah. So it ends up being kind of like a private. That's a lot of time. It is. Nice. Have you ever had to um, manage a um, a screen test for anyone from here? No. 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 Nobody's ever needed that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's a very interesting. I, mean, I don't think I, I like worked your... anything bigger than five mil. Uh, so. Uh, no. So what's the biggest challenge you find with talent when you're when you're coaching them? Like what's the what's the the most frequent uh, thing that comes up? Is you there... know, when I first start, I'll, I'll give you two answers for the beginning actor. It's always memorization. It's always memorization. It's just they they think they've got it learned and they have it in their visual cortex mm -hmm. and they have not yet learned it in their rote. So even with classes, one of the first things I start telling people is, let's just start learning how to memorize and use the memorization because there's two different steps of memorization and the first one is no help to the actor. It's when you're still sort of seeing the page in your mind's eye, but you're looking up or down to see the page and the minute you look forward, the lines go away. Uh -huh. You know that. All those people that have walked in and said, I had these lines, I promise. <laughs> you did, but you were looking up or down to recall the page. Now I need you to have them so you can surf on top of them. Right. And how do you recommend them 
getting to a surfing on top. You know place. what? Several things. It depends on whether you're dominantly aural, dominantly uh, visual, or kinesthetic. So it's either all those tricks. Handwrite the lines, record them, and listen back to them. But listen to the whole thing. Like record all the lines, yours and theirs. Um, uh, add motions to each of your lines. You can take them away once you've learned them, but give yourself that, that's huge. If you'll just add a little, if you connect more of the brain, if you engage more of the brain, uh, it, it, you know where I've gotten a lot of these tips is from studies with Alzheimer's and dementia. And so, and it says when more of the brain is engaged, it helps the, the memory portion, cortex work better, not cortex, but the memory portion of the brain work better, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I went reading because I had. I, when I first started uh, doing classes, um, I had a lot of empty nesters, forty-five plus folks who were looking for or retirees who were looking for something fun to do. I guess I'm about to become an empty nester. Shut up! No, shh, no, we're, we're spring chickens. <laughs> we're spring chickens. And uh, but the uh, yeah. So anyway, I started trying to figure out how to help them memorize. So that's the first thing. Now with advanced folks, I feel like what I'm what I'm trying to get over with them is. Um, is figuring out where visualization. I feel like more advanced actors, especially who've worked more with stage or they've done more scene class work. I rarely do scene scene study classes. I'll do scene workshops or showcases, but because auditions are seventy five times harder than actually being on set. Yeah, because you yeah, can yeah, yeah. pretend everything. So uh, you've got to learn how to just, you've got to learn how to make it all happen on that side with me just trying to help you out as much as I can without getting in the way. Great. So it's all about visualization. And see, I love, and, and then, and then it's about learning who likes what. That's why I like to bring people in. See, you're a fan of space work. And, I am, and, yeah. and you know, and, I, and I've got where I tell people, this person doesn't like props at all, don't do props. This person doesn't like space work, don't do space work. You've gotta learn what each casting director's proclivities are. Now, ultimately, it's your audition and you're the artist. And if you just really need something, then apologize and or ask permission to that casting director so you don't offend them. But be aware, you know, don't yeah. get kicked out at the beginning because they go, I told them not to do that, and there they are. And, up, and I know you would never do that, and I would never do that, but there's casting directors who will, yeah. Because they are insecure. Or there's something. There's something. But they're not in our club. So tell me about, uh, just change the subject a little bit, tell me about your theater. You have this amazing space where the the classes and the private lessons happen and this summer camp that we're that I'm here for. Yay! Um but in the back, there's this amazing theater space. Like, what what happens there? Ah, well, I used to try to direct a couple of shows a year, and now I'm kind of down to uh, usually a Christmas show, which I do for like our our party, our company party, uh, and uh, so folks can you know come in and see um, that. But I used to rent it out to some of the local developing theaters. Uh, then I got where um, some well, the biggest problem with it is I do so much taping and coaching in the evening for adults who work by day, that if they're having theater rehearsal back there, I'm not completely soundproof. And so it got to where my coaching business kind of kicked the theater folks out. I just need to use it in the evenings. But it's really cool. Now what I'm using it for is, um, since I've stopped doing the evening classes with groups, is I am wanting to go back to doing actor showcases. We now have a very thriving uh, independent film community here that's doing 30000 40000 $150,000, $200,000 film work that's, that's growing. So those guys have all come to um, 
become a little bit more familiar with me and me with them. And so I can do one of those sort of actor showcases like they do in LA and New York. That's great. And I do it for my young folks and then I'll do it for my adults and invite all those folks plus their families. So you invite friends. the filmmakers. I do. And then That's great. And then I put I use my two Canon cameras on either side and you I have two monitors and I put them on either side with camera ops behind them so you can watch the performance live or you can see that they also know how to hit a mark and hold a close-up. Nice. And so it really shows those filmmakers what those people like look like on camera, and they can also see them in person. How can a new actor get involved in something like that, one of um, these showcases? You know, I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'll do an advanced master's series for those people who have deeper resumes and I've worked with a longer time or just I know maybe they've never even coached with me but I might invite them because so I'll do like an advanced master's and then I think I'm going to start offering a um, you know emerging artist uh, workshop that would include maybe some where or maybe like a pro-am series where I bring a master in to work with someone new I haven't figured that one out yet but that's what I'm going to maybe try to do later and so how, how does uh, someone get in touch with you if if they want to get involved with your, Thank with your you school. My, my website is actorscasting.com. And I always say, just go there. You can click on a thousand different places and that's the easiest thing to do. Or, email. Yes, you can do email, which is enroll at actorscasting.com. And then I've got a separate uh, submit at actorscasting.com, which is what I use for my extras when I'm not using my casting funds. Oh, or I guess this episode sponsored by, well, it's already sponsored by my casting file, <laughs> which I love. So what, uh, do you ever go on vacation? Do you ever have any time off? What, like you seem like you're a person that has to be busy all the time. Like, or do you just get like bored if you're sitting around I kind of do. I, but you know what I usually do is I usually go to L.A. because I have so many of my people out there now. So, And I usually try to go over Thanksgiving because it's those four days when nobody calls us. Right. You know, and uh, and I can usually take a vacation there and do four days, which is about the right amount of time for me, and go out and kind of just see all my peeps, which is very good. You know, I've got probably at least two dozen actors that started with me, trained with me, parents of actors that are out there. It's super fun. That's awesome. And, oh, wow, we are killing it on time. Look at us. I talk fast. You do. You talk fast, but we are also, like... Shut up now. We're we're covering a lot of uh, territory. Um, that's awesome. So you, I'm glad you you keep up with your people. It's not just a a thing where you're gonna train them and you know you're like you're not just in it for a buck to you know oh, well, make no. money off of someone and send them on their way and hope for the best. I mean, these yeah. are your friends. These they, are your family. They, they really are. They're yeah, those are my people. I mean, my my work is my life and that is yeah. my my family, you know. And my husband and I we just didn't take time to have kids. We always thought, "Oh, well, we'll do that when we're not so busy." And so, but these are these are my people. How, and how long has your husband been gone? Almost 20 years. 20 years. Yikers. So yeah. you've been you've been doing this actor casting studio mm. for 20 years mm. wow mm. and but you're only like 29 years I old. know it's amazing it's weird it's amazing I was just 12 I was a prodigy <laughs> little doogie hauser uh, <laughs> thank you for that uh, yeah it's so true you know little Tony Cop Rock was here last night and someone said what's your favorite thing about casting and and to connect to what you just said she said you know there's nothing better than seeing an actor that you've seen 
be a bridesmaid or almost there, you know, but what I mean by be a bridesmaid, you don't, you, you don't get to be the bride, you be the, the last, you know, uh, the, the on hold option. And you finally see them book something. Sure. And, and for me, uh, Sometimes in a, in a film, I, I just assume Chris will cast it so I can coach them. And then when I get those calls, I booked it. Oh, oh my God. You know, that I love nice. it. Because from the coaching standpoint, sometimes it's a little hard to, to take off the coach and be an objective casting director and watch a producer's wife get a role that you know right. an actor would have Well, that for. happens. Yes. And it, it's the heartbreak of casting. Maybe less and less now, now that the climate of show business is changing you know maybe less of that will be happening one can only hope it just you know that doesn't happen with giant studios it happens with with the independent not that all independents are sleazy but there are some sleazy independent companies Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. those are usually the ones that it happens with well yes and some of the lower budget and sometimes it's just about I want to save money and I want to score points at Home or whatever. Right. Yeah. But they're not saving money. That's the thing. It's like. it's going to be 72 takes. You still got to pay them. Mm. You still have to pay them. Mm. And that's all you're doing with the local actors paying them. And they want that credit so <laughs> Yeah, bad. they want and it so experience. bad. And they need it. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Do you have any questions for me? I mean, I know we've, we've bantered and I don't know. You Maybe you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to ask. You don't have questions. to ask me any questions. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny. Do you do you working regionally? I was going to ask you that because I know you work with bigger films and bigger projects. Do you? Because one of the, and it may be Oklahoma, and it may be because you know, I mean, you're in a big city, uh, which is a lot larger than you know Oklahoma City. So there's there's this. We do get that sort of where they want to talk to us if they're from L.A. or New York, like we're, you know, kindergartners and need to be told. But do you still run into that? Or I know that there is that little bit of, no, well, we're from L.A., but I'm not really in the big city. Not really. Any, no, I, I, I haven't had that much of that happen to me. The, the cool thing that's starting to happen for me is uh, there are certain L.A. casting directors who only want to work with me here. Do you know oh, what I that's mean? That's lovely. So that's it's like, lovely. it's kind of like we're a team. Yes. You know, yeah. and I have a handful of people like that, that I'm so thankful for because they, they really keep me busy and, and are the reason for a lot of the right. jobs that I get, right. you know, um, that's the best feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I, yes, great. I want to, I want to impress the director and the producers, but really I care about the casting director from LA and New York because that's, who's gonna, yeah. that's, who's gonna help me get my next job. Right, and, and we have the most in common as well, you know? And, Absolutely. and so I've become friends with a lot of f- folks out there and, um, that's really helped me help steer my my world into the way it is, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, especially in TV. Right. um, Which has been a surprising, uh, I, you know, I was always, I just didn't know. Like I, I did films, you know, I'm like, Oh, I do films. I wasn't, I wasn't like that, but I would certainly do television. But when I started doing television, I'm like, Oh wait, this is awesome. That's what I was going to say. But talk about the differences. Oh, oh, it's so, it's so different. I mean, we have to go through, 
hoops just to get an actor approved. I mean, so many different people have to okay it. Mm -hmm. And then once the production team on the ground is okay with the person, then it has to get sent to the studio. Mm -hmm. And then once the studio is okay with the person, then it has to get sent to the network. And then maybe they don't approve that person. That's right. not nice. Right. So I usually let I usually let agents know when someone is out for approval. Right. You know. Um, and what's the date? What's your turnaround days on that? I mean, does it happen over a day or two, or is it? it... It's usually uh, the next day. Okay. For for. Um, so it's getting shot around pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. It gets especially on TV because it's you know the the uh, production prep period is so short. Right. Um, and. I, I am a like my personality. I'm like I I like to do things instantly, and I need like results instantly. It's a fault. Um, <laughs> so I usually get antsy, and I'll I'll follow up if I have to. Like, hey, just making sure you got this email. I'm that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the approvals are different. It's it's kind of nice. Uh, to go back when you're on like a, a nice uh, indie movie where it's just like the producer that's on the ground and the director making the decision. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always like that. If it's a big studio, then of course we're going to have to send to our uh, casting execs to get to get it sent up the ladder to get people approved. Um, you know, if it's like Paramount or Sony or whoever you know it's the same for their films as it is for television um and i don't i don't know who all is watching on that level you know you know like a netflix movie it may go to whoever the ceo of netflix is i don't know i don't know i did do i did do a netflix movie this year um that netflix did not get any uh approval on the on the cast that I was casting. It was just the producer on the ground and the director. Wow. Which was kind of interesting because, and it's also interesting. And was one of those where they'd given him carte blanche or they trusted him and that thing? Okay, Yeah, I guess that's part of their deal. Sure, sure. Um, But you know, like we do uh, on 13 Reasons Why, it's uh, Paramount, Netflix, and I only send to Paramount, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but then the casting executive gets approval from Netflix. But when I do Preacher, I have to send to the studio, and then the studio says, okay, good to send to the network. So I have to deal with both. But you do, okay. But But, they they give you your approval. But but on the Netflix uh, series, I don't have to send it to Netflix. I only send it to the the production company, basically, which is Paramount. Yeah, it's, it's it's so complicated, so every, and everything's different. Everything's different. Every little show is its own. Every time, yeah. every time you get a series, um, there's a there's an educational period in the beginning where you have to sort of uh, learn the way they do it. Right. You know, if it's uh, ABC, I mean, like they have like their own forms that they like. Everybody has their own forms and the way they want you to name files and like. There's all kinds of little intricacies that you have to deal with I'm glad you're saying that because I think they don't realize when we because I'm sure when people are self-taping they just think why don't I have to label it like this and it's usually because it's going into a format somewhere and that's why it's different and always look don't assume that just because Ryan always does it like this that it's going to always be like that because the next project might be different right right 
Yeah, follow the instructions. Yes, exactly. And they change. And don't, that's my other, that is one of my pet peeves is be, oh, well, you've always said in the past. I didn't even bother reading that because I figured it would be the same. It always was. <laughs> okay. Just read it. Just read it just in case. Yeah. Here's a question I have for you is, um, so I, I wonder this, because when you do television, I'm sure that there's an LA casting director or New York casting or mm -hmm. whichever. Uh, so, and so they sort of cover that. As a location casting director, because we now get so many people that go, no, I'll, I'll work local high or I'll come there. Do they let you sort of do a broad-based search that would, or do they want you to just stay yeah. 500 miles? Are they okay if you pull someone from one of these satellite um, big markets if they're kind of on your radar? It depends. Um, I mean, I'm trying to stay within the region. Absolutely, we are. Um, you know, like for Preacher, when we... Like, for instance, I'm going to think of a role. When we cast Young Jesse, mm -hmm. um, we knew that it would either come from L.A. Mm -hmm. or local, right? So we're all looking for this mm -hmm. person. So obviously, if they're willing to bring them from Los Angeles, they're willing to bring them from anywhere in the country, Got right? It. So if I put a breakdown out and I get a submission from someone in North Carolina, which yep. is very common and it's over 500 miles mm -hmm. from us, it's probably 800, um, which is where I believe the kid came from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I hired him. Right. Great. You know, but you know, a role like that is not going to be much different than hiring someone from LA cause it's a top of show role right, and right, right. he's getting the money. Already, mm -hmm. and he's getting the credit. Um, there's going to be travel, no matter what, because we know he wasn't going to be right. local, local, um, because we didn't find it the right person locally. I w I looked locally, um, but the best candidate was from this other. The best candidate out of Los Angeles right. as well. Right. You know, was uh, was not from Los Angeles. He was from. It's interesting about that particular role. We we both we both selected that kid. Oh, cool! And um, and I I guess you know, like I said, I work really fast, mm. and I guess I got his audition first, so I ended up casting him. Um, and he's been on two seasons of the show. Very cool. You know, and now he's a series regular on something. He booked some pilot this season. Very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, but was he a kid. kid who maybe also had LA representation? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was gonna say that that's something that's different with kids than it is with adults. And and I have to explain that to a lot of adults who think, well, I can just live anywhere, right? And have an LA agent. No, unfortunately for adults, it's very different. But for kids, I think that both LA and New York agents realize that some of the best little treasures are still back at home enjoying their proms and their yeah. and their games and then flying out for their stuff. And True. there's a lot of kids that make that deal. Yeah. yeah. I just wondered about that. Oh, my gosh. We have a long episode. It's going to be awesome. Oh. Well, I guess um, there's a lot of good info that has happened here. And you are awesome. And oh, we're about to nice. do this camp. And you're so, going to be awesome. I so, can't wait. Oh, gosh. What time? No, you got an hour. I got an hour. Uh -huh. I got an hour until that. Uh, but I think we should wrap this up because... We should probably, or I should go start thinking about the camp, Indeed. since that's why I'm actually here. But if anyone is interested in Oklahoma City as a place to live, there's all kinds of indie stuff happening. Michelle is uh, a good coach. 
a great coach and she can guide your career from here for sure so uh all you kids out there in okc drop your burger from sonic and head on over to michelle's place which is called actors casting and talent services or you can find me on the web at www.actorscasting.com all right all right and we have uh some let's see we got some stuff uh to plug uh thanks to producer and engineer jason edwards who will be doing some editing on this i think uh we are at talk like normal on twitter at glorioso casting at jason edwards tv at full grown mouse Justin is Justin TC underscore underscore on Instagram. Michelle, you have any of that social media? No, just actorscasting.com. I do. And you, I have a Facebook page. I do have a Facebook page. Yeah. Actors Don't stalk her. Just be cool. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by mycastingfile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com